Hey everybody, welcome to Sex and Other Human Activities. My name is Sarah Benincasa, and that is Mr. Marcus Park. Hey Sarah, how you doing today? I'm good, how are you? Uh, I'm doing pretty fantastic, man. Have, uh, now this is a thing that people have been emailing us about, um, and uh, you know, saying like, it's okay you guys, it's alright, you haven't had sex in a while. Have we had sex with anyone in the past week? Uh, no. Me neither! Hi, no, hi, yeah, Yay! hi. High five. Boy, Pornhub has been getting a lot of hits from me in the last week. I haven't had sex in, like, you know, I I had said that I hadn't had sex in three weeks. Yeah. And my gentleman caller um, emailed me and was like, baby, it's been 11 days. (laughs) And I was like, is that not three weeks? He was like, no. And I was like, really? It's not three weeks? Because it feels that my vagina is, I feel like it's three weeks. And he was like, no, I will show you proof here is an email sent 11 days ago that's like, goodbye, I'm going off to war, I love you. And I was like, really? That's, that's so, it's, you know, I, I, I overestimated, but, you know, we're going to go with vagina time. Yeah. So, to me, I haven't had sex in five weeks now. See, I underestimated. Really? I, I, thought, I thought it had been about a month, and then I, uh, I thought about it last night, and it's really been closer to two months. What? Well, my, you my, my fuck somebody in two months? Two You're months. You're a hot hip guy i don't have any time (laughs) (laughs) i have no time at all like there's not many girls out there that you can like call up at like 11 p.m be like oh hey i just finished up with work want to hang out you can't really do things like that really you're not near it's weird i well i mean where the fuck am i gonna meet women who are these classy bitches where am i gonna meet women because (laughs) the thing is is that you know i'm here at the creek in the cave all right all the fucking time. We're Creek, here. Creeklic.com. It's a great place. You should come out on June 11th. Yes. To see uh, Marcus's magnum opus, which is CaveComedyRadio.com live, which is our show and uh, and various other shows, including, of course, Abraham Link- Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, which is great, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, the Murder Fist Roundtable of uh, Dudes. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, fairly accurate. New York City yeah. Crime Report with Mr. Pat Dixon, the the handsomest and best dressed comedian in New York City. Absolutely. And you know that's going to be a fun event. So you're you're here all the time. I'm here all the time. And the type of girls that hang out here, there are two k- types of girls. Mm-hmm. There's either girls uh, who are in comedy, which uh, are either stand ups, and I've got a rule against you know not dating anyone in the comedy <laughs> community. When did that rule happen? That rule's been around for two and a half years. <laughs> really? Yeah, it has. And I've stuck to it for yeah, the most part. Yeah, like for the have. most for the most part, I, I totally have. Uh, <laughs> right. Okay. For the most, uh, but there's that, and then there's improv girls, which pff, they, fuck that. They listen really well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really good at the yes and. They respond really well to like what your balls are doing. Yes, I, I well I wouldn't know. And the other kind, and the other kind of girls that are uh, You're here. So full of shit. I, dude, I'm not lying at all. <laughs> you think that I'm lying, but I am not lying whatsoever. Tell them the truth. Right. Uh, and the other kind are uh, girls who like uh, guys with what do you call it? money, right? Uh, which uh, you know it's like local girls, which they're nice, they're fine, uh, but they are not going to go with ratty ass Marcus. Well, Marcus, let's just be fair before we bring in our guests. We did go shopping. We did, and I was like, let's do this thing. Let's go to Top Man, mm-hmm. which is a store, which sounds like it's for gays, and maybe it is. Well, I'm, we sure, went, they, I'm sure they shop there. Yeah. And we went there, and we went to American Apparel, and we did a whole afternoon of it. And I was like, Marcus, you need to wear blue to bring out the blue in your eyes. And we did a shopping thing, and you look fucking fabulous. You Thank went you. to Uniqlo all on your own, which I is a did. store in New York, and bought some basics, mm-hmm. looking amazing. Thank you. And you're a good-looking guy. Thank and you. if you wanted to be stooping a different lady every night you could be but you choose not to and i respect that choice uh, i mean i could be fucking an uggo every night that is true correct like i mean that's that's i've done it in the past it's a t- i've tested it this hypothesis it's i could do it you could do it i could totally do it mm-hmm. but i choose not to um you choose more i don't really know why you want more i, mean, I suppose so but i mean uh, it's but it's driving me fucking nuts Well, you also get these hipster girls, and I I enjoy the hipsters, Uh, but you do get these hipster girls who are, uh, like yourself, uh, good-looking, interesting, know about the music and the comedy and the such, smart people, interesting people. Some of these young ladies are... uh, 
have a bit, you know, they're used to gentlemen callers being uh, very solicitous and somewhat subservient. Yeah. And, the, and I'm not some, down for that. No. Sometimes they treat you as if you should be subservient, and you are, are not that way. You're, a, you know, we've talked about this on the show. We've both got the mental issues and the such, but we sort of know our own worth, and you're not going to be pushed around. Well, you know, I mean, the the g- type of girls that I've been dealing with is uh, the type of girls who just like to fuck with the nice guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Just like to fuck with a guy who... D- I, I don't get it, like, because I've run across this a couple times in my life, and I'm sure a lot of guys out there listening have run across the same, where you find this girl super hot, super cute, uh, she likes hanging out with you, uh, and, you know, you think, hey, I think I'm going to bang this girl. This is going to be great. This is awesome. And then she ends up banging everybody but you. Yeah, just because like, you have, everybody like, but you. blunt cut bangs and know all the words to Florence and the Machine doesn't mean that it's okay for you to treat Marcus like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm going to agree 100%, and I think it's a perfect time to bring in our yes, uh, our guest, uh, Ben Kissel from <laughs> Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, which all three of us just recorded a great oh, episode of that. Uh, Roundtable of Gentlemen, uh, last podcast on the left. One of my favorite people to do radio with in the entire world. Welcome, Ben Kissel. Hey, it's so great to be here, and I will attest to everything that Sarah said, but then completely reverse it. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't understand why women are attracted to Marcus whatsoever. He's tiny. <laughs> He's like a small Asian girl. Yeah. It really does baffle uh, Ben that women are interested in me in the least you're bit. A, you make eye contact. You ask questions. Girls like that. You know, you're a charming son of a bitch. Yeah. Like, we have been friends since the year 2006, yes. I believe, when we were both interns at a small startup website called TheOnion.com, mm-hmm. which I think has been around since Al Gore invented the internet. <laughs> and, you know... And I thought Al Gore invented The Onion. <laughs> he did. He, invented, <laughs> he writes The Onion. He writes The Onion every... He does... He's like, what are crazy fake heads? Headlines? Can I come up with right? Uh, but you know or that the actual vegetable. Uh, yeah, Marcus, yeah. Uh, a gentle, an attractive young man, and uh, a uh, I would say a charming gent. I mean, Marcus, you're a very nice guy, and girls <laughs> like you because you can relate to them on their mental level, and, and that is why it just astonishes me. I feel like if a woman has sex with you, it's just her masturbating with herself. I mean, I mean I'm a large. I'm a six foot seven. Uh, you're foot six male. foot seven. I'm six foot seven, so I just need a larger boy. I need a bigger boy. I, <laughs> so I mean, that's the thing. A top man. I would like to go to that store and uh, and find a good bottom. Ironically yeah. enough. <laughs> Ben Kissel, a very good-looking, I'm not hitting on you, I'm just speaking an objective truth, a very good-looking, a very charming, a very smart, a very funny gentleman, very exciting to, to to have you on sex and other human activities. It's great to be here. Thank you so much. I have a lady boner. Lady bones. My, my tiny clitoris is wildly erect. Not really, but in, in theory it is. You know? Well, I'll tell you one thing. If you have an erection, don't do what I did. The first time I ever masturbated, I, I was so vigorous, and I was I was uh, reading Penthouse Forum. Oh. It was the only thing hey, I could read. I'll tell you one thing. I started off on Penthouse Forum, too. Penthouse Forum is amazing. It's a good way for a child to learn how to read. However, I will say, if you're in seventh grade, terrible uh, book to base a book report off. Oh, no! Your teacher doesn't like it. You did not! So, uh, the pizza man comes to the house, right? <laughs> no, Mrs. Killsdong, don't you understand the tension here? He doesn't have the pizza! How is he going to pay? How is he going to deliver the goods to this woman? This would not have gone over well in my native New Jersey, but you grew up in Alabama, did you not? Wisconsin. Wisconsin, so. I'm sorry. Oh, God, just a nice group of people. Even um, New Jersey is full of assholes. You were in a nice group of people, and you tried to you tried to pass this off as a legitimate book report? Well, I mean, why not? It, you it's got piece more... of junk. What? It's my you catcher bastard. in the rye. <laughs> Catch it on your shirt. <laughs> no, Wisconsin was a fantastic place to grow up, and I'll tell you, the sexuality over there is very bizarre because uh, sex ed doesn't really exist. And every week you hear another story about a farmer having sex with a beautiful, beautiful bovine. And uh, and then, of course, that that's his wife. And then he goes and he has sex with the cows as well. So it's a different kind. As a matter of fact, I, uh, this monkey theory about AIDS is wrong. It started oh in Wisconsin. God. I assure you it was in some pig swamp land. And, uh, oh, 
Oh my good gracious, that's pretty sexy. It probably started at the airport bar. Yeah, in uh, in Stevens Point, Wisconsin, right next to the airport. <laughs> yeah. Well, with that, I would like to read our first piece of of listener mail. Uh, we get the listener mail. By the way, I am so excited about this. Podcast. I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> of course, uh, M- Mel, the the delightful uh, intern lady. Is oh yeah. We want to say hello to Mel. Hello. 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 It was uh, lovely to meet you the other evening, and uh, it's very exciting to have you here this evening. A fit lady, in case you were wondering. Very buff. Frisbee player. Now, we have an update from a girl who we called Hermione, Mm -hmm. who had written to us and we addressed her issue a few episodes ago. She uh, Basically, uh, Hermione had a, uh, was in, is in college, and there was a guy in college with her, seven years older than her, though, married, been spending a lot of time trying to get her to hang out one-on-one. And she has felt, gut level has felt, um, Uncomfortable, and she wanted to know if it was okay for her to say no to hanging out with him. He had said nothing improper, but she just was like, you guys, I have this weird feeling, and I don't know if I should go with it. And we were like, go with that feeling, Hermione. Yeah, do not go out with the guy. If he, First of all, he's Mm-mm. seven years your senior. He's still in college. He's obviously retarded. And then also, he's married before 30. Once again, retarded. double stupid. Yeah, yeah like double mouth of stupid going on. Well, here's what she says. You guys, dear Sarah and Marcus, you guys gave me some really good advice with the older guy. I started being more standoffish and a tad impolite, and he kindly took the hint, and I haven't heard from him in a while. So thank you for the perspective. It really helped me out, and I think you guys are great. I was just listening to some of your old podcasts because I had an emotional run-in with a homeless man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Alright. She said he's going to be okay, though. Alright. And needed to pick me up. She had a, some sort of depressing interaction with a man who, who did not have an abode, and she listened to us and, and we made her feel better, which is nice to hear. You guys were just what the doctor would have ordered. You completely took my mind off it and helped me laugh. Seriously, give great advice and you're damn funny doing it. This is totally gush mail. I really love your podcast. And Sarah, I understand how tough it is to have a loved one overseas. Of course, I have a, a gentleman caller who will soon be uh, uh, jaunting off on a journey to uh, Afghanistan, everyone's dream vacation, and he'll be there for mm-hmm. a year. So it's a little bit of an odd and uncomfortable situation, not something I'm used to. I will say Afghanistan, that's probably the uh, first sandals resort. Yeah. You literally must wear sandals. Well, you get to do you do a little you do the limbo and you learn hula dancing and then you uh, you kill innocent civilians. That's right. I think you learn the limbo just to learn how to duck. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we had that gentleman caller on our show, which was very fun. And she Hermione writes, uh, "My dad has been in Afghanistan since January. I'm keeping your gentleman caller in my prayers." Uh, And then she goes on to tell us that we're awesome, and of course that means. You know, that means everything to us. I'm and just happy you so your much, father, her father finally saw the light and was like, you know what? Al-Qaeda's got some good ideas. I'm going to Afghanistan. I'm going to go on the front lines and I'm fighting the the, the, the sweaty, swarmy, pig-loving Americans. He is not in the armed forces. That's the P.S. P.S. He just wanted to go because those dudes seem cool. All I know is there's no towels left in my house. So I'm not sure what he was packing. But You know, my gynecologist, who is the, the person who has the chief, is chief charged with the duties of of uh, you know making my vagina okay uh, <laughs> she I tried to get an appointment with at, the, at around the same time that I found out that this gentleman caller in my life was going to be in uh, Afghanistan for a year and he's not there yet but he will be soon he's in training and um, uh, in El Paso Texas which is a, a pretty good place to ramp up because it's pretty fucking shitty I lived uh, an hour outside for a year it's not the greatest part of our, our nation I guess that's the closest to the Middle East yep. isn't, isn't yeah Juarez yep. yeah yeah Juarez Go hang out there and have some fun. And so, uh, anyway, uh, I forget where I was going with that because I'm slightly drunk. So here we go. Uh, Where was I going with that? So this woman, her her buddy's going over there. Uh, Her father went over to Afghanistan. She's relating with you because your gentleman caller is going over there in a week. Right. Still forget where I was going with that. You know what? I have no idea. (laughs) I don't either. I think we were just, I think we were wrapping up and saying, Hermione, thank you so much for your kind words. And you know, we named her Hermione just for the hell of it. And as it turned out, she is a huge Harry Potter geek and was like thrilled that we named her that that's beautiful yeah it's yeah. pretty awesome so well, uh, and i will say my ben kissel's personal point never talk to a man who is uh i would say above 10 years your senior when you if you're 20 you can't talk to a 30 year old if you're 30 you can talk to a 40 year old but not a 45 year old it goes up five <laughs> years every 10 years so when you're 40 you can date a 60 year old but hey who wants to yeah <laughs> I lived with a young man, uh, you know, or a middle-aged man, when I was about, uh, gosh, I guess from when I was about 27 to 29, was that how long? No, 26 to 28, something in there. I lived with a guy who was 13 years my senior. 
interesting experience. You know, not one I would necessarily recommend. Were you dating him or are you just renting an apartment? Oh, no. We lived together in a studio apartment and we were dating and stuff. And, um, I, you know, he he's a lovely human being. It didn't work out. But Did you I, just attach Swiffers to the bottom of his balls so every time he walked around he could clean the wood floors? <laughs> yes. That is exactly what I did. I was like, this is so convenient. There is a little bit of a, a you know, a generational diff, which is interesting. Well, so here is, this is from someone who calls, uh, I, I he calls himself, jeez, uh, I guess I can say his name, right? He calls himself... Well, maybe I should give him a name. Uh, let's let's call him T Bone. So T Bone wrote to us. He wrote, "Hi, it, the, first of all, Ben. The subject is Marcus's milkshake." Oh, that is disgusting. We've never talked. <laughs> We've you. never referred to Marcus's dick or Marcus coming as a milkshake before. No. This is something this young man has come up with on his own. It's a new thing. T- oh, fun, Marcus. <laughs> yep. T-Bone Looks like writes. you a gentleman caller as well. Yeah. Hello. T-Bone, fans. T-Bone writes, so first a quick shout out to your podcast. It's Rad Sauce. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's read Wonkette before and my post uh, in your post there, meaning mine, I, I post at Wonkette sometimes as well at Comedy Central's IndecisionForever.com talking about the politics. Uh, this guy goes it's been very fun and highlights and whatever. Uh, so I have a question I'd like you internet people to help me with hopefully. So when I was 21 I met this hot farm boy. I'm from the city. I thought it was some dream match of my wit and his earthy charms. Let's skip to five years later. He became a total mess. It turned out he made up most of his life including a twin brother who he lied about having and we hung out with a guy who they claimed he claimed he was twins with and they weren't. Well he- that explains why he had so many damn mirrors in his house. <laughs> uh, no, we mime. It's a fun thing. Anyway, go to your room. And he just walks. So this guy T-Bone lived with uh, fucked guys in bathrooms, was self-destructive, total mind fucked to me because I was incredibly naive and trusting. The last year of our relationship was basically me hating this guy. He liked to be decra- degraded. It was super healthy all-around situation. Sarcasm. He finally had a T-Bone finally had a good friend pull a gr- fried green tomato situation with me starring as Mary Louise Parker, and I was out. Listen, I've never seen it, but I yeah, under I un- I, get I, I guess that means that somebody was like, "Listen, girl, you need to get out of this situation because you are worth more than this. You are a strong Southern woman." That's so right. I assume that's yeah. what happened. Uh, T Bone went a little yeah. nutter butters. Marcus and I both know about that. We've oh, been open yeah. about that. T Bone ended up in the hospital, diagnosed as mild bipolar. Yeah, There's no you. such thing as mild bipolar. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> got it's on an so on-off switch. He, right. but you know what? God. God bless him. T-Bone got on some great meds, and he's been doing really well for five years. We can ass- So T-Bone's now 31, okay? I don't know. Did T-Bone just make up this guy who made up having a twin brother? I don't know. That's he what might I'm have. concerned about <laughs> he right might now. Have. He might have. I'm not sure. But the point is this. This is by not even close to the most <laughs> fucked up email we've ever gotten. No, this right. is like this pretty is not, mi- this is not middle even, this of the road. Yeah. This is normal. Definitely. So T-Bone. T-Bone, your problems aren't that big. <laughs> Didn't you know it? <laughs> So here's the deal. T-Bone had this very fucked up relationship in his early 20s uh, through his mid-20s. T-Bone is now turning 31 in a month. Has not dated since he was 25. Uh, He is happy. He's involved in his community. He does volunteer shit. He goes to therapy. He takes his medication. He has been stable for about five years. Good job, T-Bone. Great for you, man. That's fucking awesome. Look, as someone who's been down the crazy hole, that's really good for you. Good for you for taking care of yourself, for working with a doctor, for doing what you need to do. Yeah, it's the only way to fucking survive, man. I will say, though. Don't stop. Those are all things you should never mention on a first date. Right? Yeah. You literally can't talk about the past 10 years of your life on your first date. Do not discuss it. Let it out a little bit at a time. Time, you know, that's where I've been. Yeah, actually, I'm getting to the point now. I got some good advice last night where I think, you know, whenever I, I if I do actually date a girl, mm-hmm. uh, I think I'm going to have to tell her, like, hey, listen, why don't we go on like four or five dates before you listen to any of my podcasts? Yeah, just listen to her, man. Any of them. Don't mm-hmm. listen to any of my podcasts. Don't tell her you have a podcast. Get to know me a little bit better. Let her, yeah, lock them in so that they have, they're involved. Like, I used to have a, a, a sex blog on Nerve.com, which was terrible. I looked at it the other day, wanted to kill myself. <laughs> Not literally as in how I've wanted to kill myself, you know, when I was younger, but sort of, I was like, what a piece of shit. Found a letter last night that I wrote from myself at 23 to myself at 30. Hmm. Reddit was like, you cunt, you deserve, the sui- <laughs> you deserve the suicidal depression you went through, you crazy son of a bitch, you stupid, stupid hippie fuck. Like, I don't know where I'm going with I'm this. with you, Sarah. Yeah. I'm like, ev- I wake up to a suicidal thought <laughs> like a rooster cawing. <laughs> 
<laughs> every morning, I'm 10 minutes before my alarm. My brain is just like, kill yourself. And I'm like, oh, 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 all right. oh it's Tuesday. All right. Well, guess I got to get up. Don't want to get up. Want to die. <laughs> well, I guess that's what day it is. Well, oh, well, let's get let's get back to get T-Bone, back to T-Bone, by the way. T-Bone. So T-Bone has really gone through a period of recovery, really taking care of himself, has got some great friends, very supportive. He writes, and this is where I think it gets kind of poignant. He writes, however, I'm just lately starting to realize that being happy doesn't mean you can't be happier. Um, He doesn't have a problem talking to guys, but he's kind of like, man, the last time I dated, I got into this crazy fuck show of a relationship. I worked very long and hard to get stable, to become a contributing member of society, to save my own life. He says, how do I hit the reset button on my sexual preferences? How do I start over? How do I start dating again? I don't really hook up. I don't hook up in bathrooms or do crazy shit. Like, what, you know, what do I do now? He's fallen into your tip. I have two gay older brothers. I know a thing about the gayness myself. I, uh, I, I used to think I was gay, but then, of course, women develop bosoms. And I was just like, oh, it was just them. They weren't attractive enough yet. <laughs> Um, but the thing is, I think what we have here, we have, it's a conservative gay situation. It's, it's, I don't want to mention uh, family members, but I know certain gay members of, uh, you know of my gays. life. Yeah, I know yeah. a lot of gays. I yeah. hang out with many gays. And uh, there is a, a the societal standard, too, uh, makes you feel a little bit more guilty about it. And there's nothing wrong with having a non-rebellious, normal relationship. And I think there's a lot of times that gay people feel like they have to, like, fuck you, dad, fuck you, mom, fuck society. I'm going to do this wild thing, and uh, I'm going to prove that it can work. And, I mean, I had a relationship, uh, moved in a little bit too quickly, and uh, literally just went batshit insane, much like T-Bone. And it took me years of recovery. I'm still having to, to mentally recover because you start doing things that you would never do. You become a mean person. You become full of hate. And then you start having sex for the wrong reasons. And then sex becomes similar to what you see on Brazzers.com. <laughs> And you're like, what is that? Oh, it's just women having the worst time of their life. Yeah, they're not doing. They're not doing good at all. And it just you fall into like Brazzers is one of those. It's what you. It's the kind of porn you watch whenever you want to see the worst day of a woman's life. Right. Right. So so it's basically consensual. Like it's a woman who has probably been raped in her life at a very young age, and it's like this is all. This is the best I can hope for. So I'm going to reclaim it by telling guys it's okay to treat me like shit. Exactly. That's exactly what the website. Is. And I know girls like that. I get it. it. Yeah, I mean, of course. I mean, it's also they're getting paid for it. So yep. I guess, hey, why not? They're mm-hmm. they're and in their brains, they're they're winning. You yeah, know? they're like I learned this trade when I was five. It's sort of like scrimshaw or perhaps being a cooper, which is a barrel maker. <laughs> 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 it's exactly like becoming a Cooper. Exactly. But you do have to retrain your mind in because now I'm in a very wonderful relationship and you have to retrain your your brain to like realize like healthy sex is just like she enjoys it. Yeah. <laughs> he and like you there's no bruises at the well I mean there's a little there bit doesn't of have bruises. to be, right but there there doesn't have to be sobbing. I don't have to feel shame at the end of a sexual experience. Exactly. You don't necessarily have to shower. <laughs> right. You know like and you still have to pee when it's all said and done. So you that's sure always do. good. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think this guy's problems are, are more emotional than physical. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he's uh, the, the biggest. His biggest problem, I think, is that he's too afraid to even dip his toe into the water of like you know just making out with someone because you know that's the very first step to getting into a bigger relationship and the last big relationship that he had uh, was a, a big fucko you know like it was the worst thing that he'd ever been through uh, so yeah I, I mean, mean I, think think stand- I think you gave I think you gave very good advice there hey uh, all where, right yeah, yeah, yeah. stand up comedian too sometimes you have a bad set you you feel really terrible you're like maybe I just can't do this but yep. then you, you get up there again and uh, and it works out just terribly it even went worse <laughs> yeah. and uh, then you're yeah. like I'm not gonna I'm Going to radio, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like as many times as you, you know, you get up and you have those shitty sets. I was just reflecting on one, um, on one actually today uh, that that I had two years ago that I still remember. That afterwards, I just, you know, my manager was in the audience and I was just like, maybe I shouldn't just, I just shouldn't do stand up. And she was like, no, that's kind of our thing that we're doing. <laughs> and I was like, is it, Carrie? Like, is it real? Maybe I just shouldn't do this. And I honestly, you know, you honestly think that. But, you know, whatever your uh, your your art is or your sport or whatever the fuck you're doing, you, you go out there and you have a shitty night and you have another shitty night and you have another shitty night. But it's those few and far between amazing nights that keep you going. And I think, uh, conversely, with relationships, y- you have shitty times a lot of the time. You know, you have bad dates. But uh, those then you have one in ten or one in a million, who knows, that uh, that is makes it worse. 
worth it. And you're like, holy shit, like I I should keep trying. And I think that T-Bone has, for various reasons, rightly and responsibly, taken the last kind of chunk of his extended adolescence, which we have in this country. We're fortunate enough to be able to have that in certain uh, class and social structures. And he has yeah, taken... Yeah, that's the thing. You never see a 30-year-old Indian man just getting the new newest X, uh, Xbox uh, yep. Call of Duty. They're no. not chilling in Afghanistan. Like, maybe it's time to get off the parental teat. And right. listen, I'm not, you know, I'm not calling shenanigans or, like, making fun of anybody. Like, I, I get that, too. I still call the folks, and I'm like, I want to go shopping. And they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you but you know in our country we're a little bit different we feel a little more entitled and that kind of thing and t-bone listen you took the last chunk of your extended adolescence to get right with yourself and and to create a life you could be proud of and that's great and it's okay to dip your toe in the water you don't have to go on manhunt.com you don't have to go on these sites where it's all about just fucking some random guy gay male culture can be just as superficial and fucked up as straight culture and gay men often experience the same kind of, you know, body image issues and relationship issues that that women do, um, that straight women do. And, and it's okay that you have taken yourself out of that and just been like, let me work on myself. Now that you're feeling ready, I would really encourage you to make sure that you're spending time with a great therapist who can support you in this process, as will your great friends. And... Uh, Allow yourself to believe that romance is possible and allow yourself to believe that you are good enough and that you are worth somebody uh, taking time to get to know. And I'll tell you one thing. At this point, he's a total catch. Yeah. He's got it all together. No, he's yeah. a, he sounds great. Like, he does a ton of volunteer work. Like, he's got a good job. Like, this, you, you sound awesome, T-Bone. And I want to say... You got nothing to worry about. The greatest relationship that I know in my life is my brother with his partner, Don, who they've been together for seven years now, cool. and they want to get married, and they have... they My brother, they live in a house in Brooklyn, a fantastic That's place. That's awesome. And uh, they live the most, like, married well, with a dog. <laughs> married with a dog lifestyle. It's so played, and I'm like... Snooze fest, gays. Where is the sparkles? Where's the glitter? And I think the thing that gay men have to realize now, this is a different time, and I know that gay marriage isn't legal, but it will be legal, and it's okay to have a normal... You could be a damn live like a you could have a Christian relationship if you want to. You you don't need anything extravagant. You are allowed to live a peaceful life. Well, I think that's also something that you know kids whenever they come out. uh, I mean, we all have that friend who came out and just went gay. They queered out. They got the accent, and you were like, "Calm down." You used to talk just like a dude. You don't need to talk like a girl. Right. Well, right. I I love baseball, but. uh, Yay! And it's like, what happened, man? You don't need to do that. Right. Like, you can just yeah. talk however you want to talk. You don't have to be like any gay that you've ever seen. You can be the toughest, most masculine. My my older brother's a six foot eleven gay. What? When I was growing up, my family is so big. I'm like, I'm too big to be gay. And it's like, you know what? No, gays come in all different shapes and sizes with different penis sizes. So hopefully, if you have a big butthole, get a big old dick. If you have a small one, you can go out to Chinatown and find one. It is just, uh, you know, it's. Uh, there's no reason for you to feel as if you have to live up to some bullshit quota. It can't all be RuPaul's Drag Race, you know? Yeah, uh, you don't have to act like that. If you like baseball, fucking like baseball, dude. If you if you like going to the mall, like going to the mall. It's all right. Like, you don't you, have to live up to in that. In our lifetime, athletes are going to start coming out of the closet left and right. Thank yeah. God. You know, because it's about time. And frankly, if you're gay and you can play sports, what's better? You go, if you're a football player, you're going to put on the pads. You're going to dress up in a fancy uniform. Mm-hmm. You're going to go out there, get all of your aggression out against the fucking bullshit Christian society that we live in, and you're going to hit men, and at the end, you get to take a shower with them. <laughs> hey, all right, everything's fine for me. So just go out there and be whatever kind of dude you want to be. I would not want to, you know, girls have to deal with shit, and, and you know, straight guys do too. But like, uh, you know, I, I've led, led a relatively privileged existence as an upper middle class white educated female with a very supportive family who were like, oh, you like to, you know, you've eaten pussy a few times? All right, we'll deal with that. Like, well, oh, you want to be an artist? You want to be some fucking comedian? Sure, we'll support you. Like, I've had all the privileges in the world. And I honestly believe that for, you know, for gay men, as much as you are a part of our entertainment and a part of our society now, and there are even gay men who are out in other capacities, um, 
it is hard for you. And it's not always just hard for you in the way that we expect, where we're like, oh, you know, straight guys are going to call you faggot. It's not just that your family might reject you. It's also hard for you because gay male culture can be really fucked up. Mean. I can ex- mean, cunty. I have a friend. My friend H. Allen Scott is a... Is oh, an love out, H. Allen a love Scott. Love H. Allen Scott.com. Fucking fantastic person. Was raised Mormon, one of 13 children. Just had brunch with his mom the other day. And 25 of his friends from all different areas of his life came out just to meet and celebrate this wonderful woman who raised 13 beautiful children, including H. Allen Scott, who she loves and supports, and, and all these things. And the one thing that's interesting about talking to him is it's like... Yeah, sure, he can be kind of like femi sometimes, or if you want to call it. But like, you know, this is a dude who worked for very closely with General Wesley Clark on his presidential campaign years ago. Right. Like, this is a dude who I didn't know that he sure did. Oh, yeah, very yeah. close with a him. Fan, I was a fan of Wesley. Clark. I know you guys talked really about was. it on an episode very briefly. An I episode of yeah. Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. Uh, you know, this a is nice a, moderate Republican voice that is currently <laughs> lost. Yeah. In the, in it's the par- gone, party. and so. You know, Scott, which is his real name, uh, which he, his real last name is Honinger, which is spelled in a way that I cannot explain because it looks like a derogatory name for a female followed by a derogatory name for a black person, which is why he chose to name himself H. Allen Scott rather than uh, Scott Allen uh, Honinger. It's not even spelled with letters. It's just a swastika. It's ju- yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, you know what? I can't use that name on stage. But anyway, when he's he doesn't fit the stereotype of uh, of gay men who go out in the city and are like, ooh, girl, how you doing? Like, he right. doesn't talk like that. That's not who he is. He's a guy from the heartland of America who believes very much in, in American values and, and, and the political process and is a strong, smart individual. And sure, he's got friends who are drag queens, but he's also got friends who are you know, Mormon missionaries. Like, right. He doesn't fit the stereotype. So, so who is he? And that's know? what's so aggravating about the not letting gays get married. For me personally, it pisses me off because I want to be the best man at the gayest <laughs> fucking wedding on earth. The <laughs> fact that you are denying me the right to go to a gay wedding is so unbelievable. It's against my constitutional right. I have a right to party like I am the most glorious man alive. <laughs> Not to mention, they don't want them to get married, and then they diss on them for their for their disgusting lifestyle. And it's like you have officially pushed them underground. Yeah, they have nowhere to go. So what are their options? You know, they have to go to the Red Rooster Cock at midnight because <laughs> yeah. that's the only place where they are allowed to do what they do. So it's funny; it's a double standard where it's like, oh, they don't get married, they don't have stable relationships. Meanwhile, they do, and you won't let them make it legal, and that messes yeah. with their society. You mm-hmm. squeeze when you oppress people, and you 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 tell them they're not worth whatever else is worth and you tell them they don't deserve to act in the same way as everyone else when you tell them they are not welcome at the communal dinner table then they're going to feed off the scraps in the corner like rats and then when you tell them oh oh, look you you feed off the scraps in the corner like rats you people are disgusting it's like you're you know these fucking right wing assholes these anti-gay i'm not talking about fiscal conservatives i'm talking about social conservatives like you know yeah and then i think that when gay people are raised up that way they're just like well this is what we do this is all we deserve so we're gonna reinforce this kind of shit and i think it's something it's donovan McNabb was recently called not black enough that's crazy uh by it might have been cornell west but i don't want to say that because i'm not 100 no it might have been it (gasps) was a very very prominent black public figure, and it's like, what do you mean not black enough? What do, what yeah. does that mean? Donovan McNabb is Don, he's McNabb. He's just doing whatever he does, and I feel like there is that standard still in the gay community where it's like, well, he is just he is not gay. Like he's, he's just too faking straight it. Acting. And why can't you be a gay conservative Republican? You, sh- I want to live in a world where the gay gays are split, Democrat and Republican, just like everybody else. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the way it should be, right? And that's I think what that that world I think would be a secular world. Uh, or a more secular world than what we have, you know, in the United States. Or just a normal compassion. Uh, the fact of the matter is this whole gay issue is going to be cleared up once everybody realizes one of their uncles, one of their parents, one of their brothers, one of, you know, their nieces, their nephew, one of them is going to be gay. Yeah. So you have a choice to either hate them or love them. And that's it. It's like Chris Rock said, and I don't remember if it was bigger and blacker or bring the pain or like what, what wonderful, you know, what wonderful comedy album he did where he was like, everybody has at least a gay cousin. And like, you knew he was gay when you were kids. Like he's, everybody has at least a gay cousin. Yeah, because you just love going over to his house because he always fed you (laughs) and he always just like took care of you and treated you like a beautiful woman. (laughs) Even though you were a fat, disgusting boy who was just like, I want a Tootsie Roll. I have a Tootsie Roll. 
It's terrible. Not to mention, <laughs> lesbians tend not to be very attractive, so that's fantastic. Oh, they love. That's just a fact. I'm not saying no. It's not just a fact. It's a it's a it's a homophobic. No, it's not homophobic. It's just a fact. Um, and then There's gay men are very attractive. So lesbians are taking the ugly ladies. Gay men who are very attractive are leaving the pretty pretty girls with the ugly guys. It's made my life a hell of a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, Here's we're all benefiting from that one. I think a lot of lesbians because they because by dint of their sexuality they um. They are outside of the normal, let's say, matrix of femininity. They are told, you know, you are not acceptable, you are not okay, that they say, okay, fuck you, I'm just going to live my life the way I want to, and sometimes that doesn't include heels and a push-up bra. Listen, I love heels and a push-up bra, you know, I've eaten pussy a few times in my life, I'd do it again, you know, that's fine, I'm into it, I'm not a lesbian. Can we get something going with you and Mel just really <laughs> quick? I just, I don't yes. believe you, Sarah. I know, well, I'm so, I will show it to you later. <laughs> On a clamshell. It, just, <laughs> it, takes, it takes a lot of effort. There's a whole lot. You have to invest time. It's a whole situation. But anyway, you know, uh, you know I can't pretend to be a, a lesbian. Uh, but I think that when, you know, when you grow up knowing that you're different, sometimes you, you know, you reject the norms that are, that are placed upon you. You're like, well, fuck you. You're never going to, no matter how much I dress up or how pretty I am, you're, there's always going to be people who, no matter how gorgeous Portia de Rossi is, and goddamn, she is such a beautiful woman, there's going to be people who think she's a sinner and think she's disgusting and think she's filthy. So I think that some women um, react to that by being like, well, fuck it, man. Then fuck you. I'm just going to, I want to wear sweatpants and this fanny pack. And God bless those lesbians who do that. There's a lot of you out there. I used to be morbidly obese and I literally was just morbidly obese because I just didn't care about sex that much. All I cared about was comedy growing up. Yeah. And I literally wanted to be as fat as John Candy. You did? I just that was my goal and I got there. I made wow. it. I even beat him. What made you what made you lose weight, Ben Kissel? I just really was just it was just very unhealthy and I just wanted to see what life was like after you lose a whole bunch of weight and you're a different person. And uh, I will tell you it's astonishing how I, I went through a two year phase of just pure anger because after I lost all that weight, people treated me with like just completely differently. Wow. Just they were nice and I didn't have to be funny. So I was just like, you know what? I didn't realize at the time how people perceived me because I was so obese. And now that I'm thin and extraordinarily, I'm fairly attractive. I'm okay. I look all right. You're a good looking uh, guy. You're a good looking well, guy. Well, nonetheless, people seem to enjoy my presence. Uh, the thing is, uh, when, when, uh, when you lose a whole bunch of weight and you realize, you know, that people do kind of treat you with that that sort of double standard, it is it's tough to take and it's it's a little bit sad. And I think I think with most people who are overweight, uh, ironically enough, you're shrinking. You're trying to make yourself smaller to society uh, by making yourself huge. Uh, but um, I think it's just, and also they have no desire. You know, the the idea of the male male males being attracted to them is not something they want. So if you're if you make yourself uh, larger and you choose to uh, keep the mustache, uh, you will not be too harassed. It's interesting because what you're saying is that when you lose weight, in making yourself physically smaller, you make yourself sort of metaphorically larger to the world. People notice you more. This is something that I, I would love to hear you and our aforementioned friend, Twitter.com/slash/hallenscott, talk about um, because he lost. It's a guy who lost a hundred pounds in just about fourteen months. I'm one sixty. Wow! Yeah. Holy shit! You lost how much weight did you lose? One hundred and sixty pounds. Holy yeah. fuckballs! I was three hundred and eighty pounds. Do you still feel like, you know, do you still feel like when I know you're you're in a committed relationship, but um, do you think that if you were dating, part of you would? Still oh, I still feel like date. Were, oh, okay. <laughs> that was not that wasn't clear. Still dating, just Good. out there, just out there doing the thing. Do you think that y- you still would l- regard yourself somehow as being that big person? Like, do you think you still address the world that way? Totally. I mean, that's why you got into comedy. I mean, you always feel like a big fatty. I talk about it all the time. I mean, I really am not morbidly obese, but I'm certainly not in shape and buff. I'm no Hugh Jackman or uh, Daniel Craig for Christ's sake. You know, it's a, uh, it's uh, yeah. I'm definitely by societal standards. I think I am still very large. And no, I'm very you're large not. Person. Let me tell you something, Ben Kissel. You and Marcus Parks and Mel, all attractive individuals who are fit and looking fine. Everyone in this room, attractive, fit, and looking fine. Well, then I just don't understand why you won't eat her out right now. <laughs> Come on. Can, we, can I whip it out? 
Do you have a lasso from Texas? Come on! Yeah! Yeah! No, but Marcus, Marcus does have a gun, and if you go to face, if you go to face, oh my god, if you go to facebook.com slash sex and other human activities, facebook.com slash sex and other human activities, I cross posted, I reposted, if you will, a photograph of Marcus from a recent trip back home to Texas. Uh, what sort of gun was that? It was a AR-15 Armalite assault rifle. Yeah, Marcus, back home in the Lubbock, the greater Lubbock, Texas area, uh, immortalized by the Dixie Chicks in the great song Lubbock or Leave It. Uh, he is yep. He is just holding a gun, and I will tell you, I looked at his Facebook page, and girls and guys, uh, because Marcus has sort of a bisexual appeal <laughs> to just cross genre right. appeal, if you will. He's sort of God. Like, if I was gay or bisexual, it'd be so much easier. You'd be getting so oh much. Oh my yeah. god, so yeah. fucking easy in this man. city. Fuck yeah, dude. Please. We went to a, just a quick. We went to a uh, a wedding in. Um, uh, it was a Chippewa. No, it wasn't Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. It was a place in Wisconsin, and uh, just like last weekend, Eddie and I and the wedding look was fine. And we afterwards, we uh, Eddie and I were looking for a bar. The only bar that was open was called the Blue Blue Lights. So we walked in, and it was a Sunday, and it was just full of gay Wisconsinites. Awesome! And they were having the best time I've ever seen. They were just drinking. They were all big, fat, and hairy. Eddie's big, fat, and hairy, and I'm just big. And uh, they were cutting up big meats, eating sandwiches. That's a bear festival. It was gorgeous, and they were just like, we're drinking, and then we're gonna. And uh, that would be great. <laughs> when people are oppressed, and this is something I heard Margaret Cho, who's been like a huge, you know, a huge influence, like in just with comedy. And I, I just really, you know, I just I, I admire her a lot. And, um, you know, that's something that I've been fortunate enough to get to tell her. And it's been really nice. And she's just a cool person and whatever. I think she does a nice job with nurturing comics were coming up whatever anyway gaying out a uh, queering out for margaret which is a thing that's very appropriate to do with her but anyway she talks in one of her one woman shows uh, about how when you are gay and different and you are oppressed when you get the chance to be gay unfettered and happily you're just going to be so gay and that is how i remember when i was living outside el paso texas in las cruces new mexico teaching at a high school in the americorps program when i went with some friends who were gay teachers or just queer identified teachers and we went to the one gay bar in el paso texas the joy and the, the spitting hole. <laughs> exactly. The slap it, spit it, fuck it, and then kill it the next day if it looks you in the eye. Hole. <laughs> exactly. When we went to this bar, there was none of the attitude that you got in a bar in like Boston, New York, DC, where it's kind of okay to be gay. There was none of that attitude, that bullshit, at least not that I perceived. There was so much joy and excitement in just getting to be out. And my God, there were gays and lesbians dancing together, which is not some shit you see in San Francisco. Fuck no. Those no. motherfuckers do not want shit to do with each other. But They it, hate each they other. They hate each other. But at this bar, they were just having the most beautiful, awesome, balls to the wall, tits to the wall, whatever. Great time. There was a nude gentleman contest, a nude dance contest. And the girls, the lesbians were laughing and clapping as hard as the gentlemen were. Maybe not getting as turned on. But it was a really, really beautiful thing. And I think that when you are in a situation, as perhaps those folks were in a relatively small town in Wisconsin, right? You weren't like in Madison. Where no, 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 a small fucking, town. Everybody's a homo in Madison. So you're <laughs> sitting in in the government, you know, and, and just obstructing justice and Won proceedings. Those teachers' rights with what the a bunch unions. Of faggots and dykes. You give them unions. Next thing, they're going to want butt sex. Everybody knows. <laughs> eating hot dish and just fucking being homosexuals just don't <laughs> tell them. it's disgusting so you know you just see people who are just joyful to get to be who they are that's really kind of beautiful yeah absolutely. it's not glamorous but it's beautiful it's fantastic. I went to a very religious. I had a very religious upbringing. Mm-hmm. Good News Fellowship Church, and they would go through seminars over the weekends uh, where they would uh, reform gays. Oh God! Uh, there was a fellow yeah. named Steve Gunn, flamboyantly homosexual, and apparently he was a male prostitute at some point because that's the. And maybe it helped. I don't even know. Maybe GNFC was good for him. I have no clue what his life like was like previously. His testimony um, was v- very very sad. I think he got raped quite a bit, and so the church literally. Hooked him up. This is before Match.com. Oh my they God. hooked him up with a huge lesbian woman who was a truck driver, oh. and they got married. 
And I'm telling you, this woman was, she is about my size, but I'm slightly smaller. She was, and she was, she had like a beard. Wow. And so they ended up getting married. And a part of me thinks it's kind of a perfect world, but then the reality of me is just like, they just never touch each other and they're both very, very sad. And very guilty. Uh. And this is something that, that, you know, Representative Michelle Bachman of Minnesota 6th District, uh, that her husband does for a living, Dr. Marcus. Can I use Dr. the C word Backman. with Michelle Bachman? Yes, you may. Yeah, go ahead. Go right ahead. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I really like her. Super I think cool. she's fantastic. She's yeah, cool. great. So her husband, Dr. Marcus Backman, uh, runs a, uh, he does psychotherapy, and among other things that he does in his practice is is basically a pray away the gay kind of thing. He does gay therapy. So he applies Western psychology practices combined with religious mumbo jumbo into a wonderful pool of bullshit to convince, you know, rural gay Minnesotans that they need to be cured mm-hmm. for their, their urge to make love to and to love someone of the same sex. So this is a disease that needs to be cured. And this is something that we talked about, I think, on the sep- uh, second episode of Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, which mm-hmm. Sarah Benicassi is now a part of. And which I listened to and enjoyed while I was moving. And uh, we went, I went through the uh, suicide rates of, uh, of gay people. And uh, they, Michelle Bachman, Minnesota, that area has, it's like 35%. It's, it's 35% of all suicide attempts mm-hmm. are gay. Wow. In in her uh, district, wow. and that just shows you that these politicians who go out there and they say these words, and they're like, "Well, it's just words. I'm just ta- telling it, telling it how it is." And it's like, "No, you were affecting people's lives, and you were doing it very negatively." And especially when you're in Minnesota, thank God for the internet. Yeah. You know, because these people were just just offing themselves for no. Re- he was so happy. Tim was so happy. I mean, we hate faggots in the family, but he wasn't one. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, he was wearing your dress, and he'd love to hang <laughs> when out he with you, himself by right. your pearls in the ba- you know in the fucking like bathroom. So I think that yeah, Michelle Bachman is a terrible, terrible woman, and uh, these things, and the wedge issues. It's it's the it's the new uh, it's the new uh, you know civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the Jim it Crow is. bullshit. It's like don't fucking I'm not going to be reformed. I love it. Like jizz is like amazing. You got to try it in your coffee. It's like it's like what a professor use every time. A, uh, prof, what jizz is to a gay man, what whiskey is to a professor. Yeah, you need it in the morning, a little bit after lunch, and then you just go to sleep with a fantastic. And a male on male rim job is like elbow patches are to a professor. Like it's that <laughs> right, exactly. level of arousal. And listen, like I, you know, I have dabbled, and I I would dabble again, but mostly cock oriented. Like Marcus. Uh, vagina oriented. Yep. Benjamin, if I may, pussy oriented. I love the biggest and fattest pussies. <laughs> <laughs> but God damn it, if we, you know, if we are not huge fans of the gays. Yeah. Anytime you see somebody being bullied, I think you should step up to it. However, I think that you know, I think, and it, you know, the thing, the fact of the matter is, as soon as they can get married, as soon as everything is equal. Uh, then I think we can start getting down to actual issues again. I hesitated. The whole issue, when you see somebody who doesn't have the same uh, rights as you do, you can't even have a conversation outside of the glaring misjustice. And when you come up, there are all these people, and I know that we're like running towards the end of the program. I'm yeah, sure we're, we're this, getting at there. At this point. But uh, the bullshit is that like when you, when you have people who make up fairy tales... Uh, and tell you that those fairy tales are real from when you are a very small child. And and when the fairy tale is this, once upon a time there was a big man in the sky, and he made humans, and P.S., if you have a penis and someone else has a penis and you love that person, you're going to hell and you're going to burn forever. The end of the fairy tale! Well, that's what you hear over and over again from when you're a child. And I heard that, not from my parents, but I heard that in church. And uh, when you've got a man in the pulpit telling you that, uh, that the big man in the sky is your ultimate father and that what your parents tell you doesn't really matter, it's what the man in the sky tells you. You believe it, right? I mean, my parents worked for, my father worked for a birth control company with my two, with my gay great uncle and his partner of 35 years. And we would go to their house for every Christmas. But goddamn, if I didn't believe that birth control was wrong mm-hmm. and that being gay was wrong and that it was a sin. You believe that shit. Institutions can be bigger than your parents. And you want to fit in when you're a kid. And when all the other kids in school are fitting into that institution, you really want to fit in. That's where you have your social life. That's where the parties are. You want to toe the party line and believe all that fucking bullshit. And that's the thing. And that's why it's like people who are just like, I went to this church and now I've been so blessed because everybody gave me $25 for like whatever it might be. And it's like, no, that's not the Lord giving you that money. That is because now you're part of a club. Mm -hmm. And in this club, they are going to help you out because that's what cults do. It's your own we 
weird fucked up Ponzi scheme and God forbid that like you know you discover that you're actually different from the other human beings and, and just that, watch how immediately they reject you yeah they will sell your ass out like if you think just because you go to church and you do bake sales and you know you which do which are gay as hell yeah which are yeah. so gay that's super gay and, and you know if you think just because you go on church retreats with these people if you think just because you do a mission year with these people if you think just because you go to camp with these people just because you and the people next door and the people next door to them adopted uh, children who are poor from other countries together and indoctrinated them with the same bullshit you were indoctrinated with if you believe that just because of that those people are going to have your back if it turns out you're different you're fucking wrong they are going to sell your ass out as soon as possible because it's not God telling them to, to do all these different things. It's their own delusions, their own need for safety and security. And so if you're somebody who's listening, particularly a young person, and I know that you're out there and I know that you listen because you email us, people of all ages, including ages too young for us to address in this <laughs> podcast, and we do love you and we support you and we absolutely advocate for you, but, you know, we have to sort of take care of ourselves too. But, uh, you know, we know, we know that you're out there. We know you listen to us like if if you're different you need to know from us if from nobody else that it's fucking okay man it's gonna be okay please when you can if you're at school go to the public library go wherever the fuck you need to do google the trevor project it will change your life Life is terrible, though, so yeah, it's going to suck. Life is just, awful. It doesn't matter if you're gay or not. It's just awful. But if you, you can move to New York City and be poor as hell, and goddamn it, you're the biggest goddamn flaming faggot or dyke in the world, and you will find someone to love. And that is the beautiful thing about this expensive, shitty cesspool of an awful city, <laughs> where we record at the Creek in the Cave, <laughs> creeklic.com. Uh, we adore you. Thank you for hanging out with sex and other human activities. Ben Kissel, where can people go to find out more about you and your comedic stylings? What do we got? We got www.abelincoln's... Well, I mean, it's all going to be on CaveComedyRadio.com next on, week. So. On, sa- on this week, on Saturday. Yay! On Saturday, we've got yeah, yeah, yeah. Saturday, gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, the last podcast, Abling its Top Hat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Last and podcast on the left, which is a horror podcast. There's a lot going on. Yeah. It's beautiful. You're all going to love it. I promise you. And you can also Google Ben Kissel. Yeah, Google it. He's and not Google a Google image it. It'll look a lot like that Anthony Weiner situation. And I am twitter.com slash Sarah J. Benincasa. If you have questions, comments, concerns, formspring.me slash Sarah Benincasa. And you can always email Sarah at Sarah Benincasa.com. I know my last name is weird. Just put it into Google. Google it. You'll find it. You'll find my contact info, Sarah Benincasa.com. You can hit, hit us up through there and ask questions of me and Marcus. Sometimes people are like, Sarah, I like you, but I want Marcus's perspective because he's a dude. And I'm like, that's perfect. Fine. You can also go to twitter.com slash Marcus Parks. Mm-hmm. And I'm on that Twitter as well. So if you don't want to, if you don't know how to spell Ben and Casa, just stop after the first three letters and do a kissle. Mel, do you <laughs> have do you have a Twitter or a Facebook you'd like to promote? I do not have a Twitter. I am the worst 22 year old out there. No, That's you're okay. the best 22 year old out there. You can there. email Sarah at sarahbenincasa.com if you have weird fantasies about me and Mel eating each other's pussies. <laughs> and that's fine. And we'll read them privately and we'll, you know, we'll, probably we'll probably make out. And you'll never oh know, goodness. you'll never know about it. It's a weird, it's the sad thing for you. I don't know how to feel about this at all. I know, it's weird. We're cross, it feels like we're crossing the streams for you, doesn't it, Marcus? It's very much it's, crossing it's, the streams. I do not know how to feel about it. I know, understood. It's a little stream crossy. Uh, well, everybody, have a fantastic night. Take care of yourselves. Uh, love each other, and uh, we love you, and uh, good night, or good morning.